Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast, a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we can produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, CastBox, and all other podcast platforms. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at podmania.co.uk. Let's do this. to another episode of the Pod Mania podcast. I am your host, Rob Goodwin, and I am joined, as always, by Chris O'Brien and Garth Jackson. How are we, lads? Happy to be alive. Tremendous. <laughs> wow, okay, so I know we were taking a more positive outlook on our podcast, but to start our podcast with, I'm just lucky to be alive. I <laughs> happy. I said happy. Oh, happy to be alive. What? <laughs> What's what's made you happy to be alive, Chris? Hearing you, you learn about my near-death experiences, to be honest. Would you like to explain to the listeners how you very almost haven't made the podcast this week? Oh well, a couple of weeks ago, I, my hair almost caught fire in a pub in Stirling. That was fun. Um, and then, like a, about a year ago, before I would have joined the podcast, I almost got hit by a tram. A tram, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, not a car, a fucking tram. Right in Edinburgh, that's a hazard. Did you not think there's tracks here? There's something big moving along the tracks. Maybe I won't I stand in front of it. I didn't see the big thing moving along the track. That was sort of my downfall. Fucking national selection. Natural selection at work. <laughs> well, well, I'm still here. Uh, well, there you go. You've beaten it. Maybe you will be wiser in future. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting sidetracked already. Um, we've made a promise to ourselves here that we are going to try and keep this as short as is humanly possible. Because... In the grand scheme of things, it's been, you know, not a slow week, but it's been a week with less news items. And obviously last week where we had Fastlane, the anniversary show, all of the New Japan Cup shows to do as well, as well as Impact, which was jam-packed with things as well. We don't have the same volume of stuff, so we're going to try, fingers crossed, to do it, you know, without the bells and whistles and Chris tangents. <laughs> give Rob what he wants exactly give me what I want um, so anyway there's only one way to start these podcasts and I think you'll agree that there's only one thing we need to do right now what do we need to do Garth we need to start the music we need to hit the music guys it's ring rope roundup time Ring Rope Roundup then, ladies and gentlemen. More matches have been announced for WrestleMania with Randy Orton taking on AJ Styles. A no-holds-barred match between Triple H and Batista. Kurt Angle's retirement match against an as-of-yet-unnamed opponent, while Shane McMahon versus The Miz has also been confirmed. Sticking with the showcase of the Immortals, and it has been widely rumoured by a number of sources that this will be the longest WrestleMania in history, with 17 matches taking place in total. 
Ooh. NXT TakeOver New York has had two more matches confirmed with a fatal four-way for the Women's Championship between Shayna Baszler, Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane and Bianca Belair taking place, whilst a two-out-of-three falls match will take place for the vacant NXT Championship between Johnny Gargano and an opponent to be determined at this week's NXT tapings. I know who it is, but I'm not spoiling it for you. Sue Atchison, longtime WWE employee, is to receive the WWE Warrior Award at this year's Hall of Fame induction. During WrestleMania weekend, Kyle O'Reilly will be challenging for the Evolve title in New York against current champion Austin Theory. Moving to New Japan, an IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship match has been set up for the New Japan Cup Final on Sunday with Juice Robinson taking on challenger Chase Owens. Ring of Honor news coming out of their 17th anniversary show with Jay Lethal retaining the title in a 60-minute time limit draw against Matt Taven. Mayu Iwatami retaining her Women of Honor Championship against Kelly Klein, while Villain Enterprises, Brody King and PCO defeated the Briscoe Brothers to take the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships and the chance to take on Gorillas of Destiny at G1 Supercard at Madison Square Gardens. Sticking with the G1 Supercard and a Ring of Honor World title ladder match at Madison Square Garden has been confirmed between champion Jay Lethal, Matt Taven and the villain Marty Skrull. Yet another title versus title match has also been unofficially announced with Ring of Honor TV champion Jeff Cobb taking on never openweight champion Will Ospreay. And finally, we go to OTT, who have just had Scrapper Mania 5. Jordan Devlin is the new OTT champion, having defeated Walter, while British Strong Style have taken the six-man tag team championship from the Kings of the North. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the news. Do we have to do WrestleMania this year? Damn right. I mean... Like... I saw something that was... I'm sure I read that the most matches at a WrestleMania is 14. Now, I'm not saying that we that 17 matches is overdoing it, but fuck me, that's overdoing it. I know we're including the, battle, the two battle royales as well to get everyone on the card, and I can guarantee that this will mean that the Cruiserweight Championship match will be on the pre-show. Um, you know... Yeah. Sunset, Sunrise, Cruiserweight on the pre-show. Um, but, you know, you look at some of these matches. Are, you, are we all looking forward to AJ Styles and Randy Orton? I think it'll be all right. I think it'll be good. I think that'll be a good match. Yeah, I think that'll be a good match. You know, Randy Orton, it's, it's weird whenever you ask someone who is either just... I mean, when, you, when they asked Shinsuke Nakamura when he first signed for WWE, who are you most looking forward to wrestling? Randy Orton was the first person he said. You know, AJ Styles said the same. So Randy Orton, you know, is a big name. And I think this will be a great match. The things that they'll be able to do will be fantastic. A no-holds-barred match between Triple H and Batista, which in three weeks has me more hyped at the moment than Ronda Becky Charlotte. Now, that's not coming lightly because I love Becky Lynch, but that's being overdone now. Another thing, Kurt Angle officially retiring. Now... We've said on this podcast before that, to be honest, he doesn't look himself. You know, you look at the monster that was tearing through TNA and Impact. You know, as as you know, as recently as 2016, 
And he's not the same man, obviously. That spate of neck injuries, you know, he won the he won an Olympic gold medal with a broken freaking neck. You know, I think all that is starting to take an effect on him. You know, he can still pull out some big moves, but he he needs to retire. He needs to retire. He needs to one of that retirement. The as of yet unnamed opponent, the name that is being bandied about by pretty much everyone, is John Cena. Yeah. Now, for me, it makes sense. That yeah, exactly. That makes the most sense. I mean, who else could you potentially have that isn't retired already? Shelton Benjamin. <laughs> you could have Shelton Benjamin. You know, do you bring not- Shawn Michaels back? You know, he's proved that you know m- enough money, and he will come out of retirement. Yeah. But I've only ever had blood on it. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, th- I think we've made our views on that pay per view perfectly clear. Um, it was voted the most dis- that was what was it disappointment of the year of the Podmania Awards. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. For me, it has to be John Cena. You know, yeah. the history that they've got together. It's one of the most iconic debuts. You know, which ironically didn't make us into our iconic debuts countdown. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think. This is the right time. To be perfectly honest, I don't think uh, Angle should have wrestled when he came back. To be perfectly no. honest, he's we haven't I mean, seen anything that ma- special. That, ma- that match he had last Mania was fine. That should have been it. Yeah, I'd argue that's his best match, and that was because he did very little. Um, yeah. When Stephanie McMahon is in the is in the ring more than you, you know that you know perhaps your time has passed. Um, are we happy with Shane McMahon the Miz match? I'm actually excited a bit because it's going to bring an almighty rant on this podcast, probably from Rob. Um, do you know what? I'm happy at the moment. It makes sense at the moment. It's I'm not going to say it's an organic feud. It makes use of that fucking atrocious win at um at Crown Jewel. But you know what? Until I've actually seen the match, you know, we all thought that the Ronda Rousey match was going to be shite, and it wasn't. It was actually the best match of the night. So, you know, Shane McMahon will do something stupid. He'll jump from the moon or something ridiculous. And, <laughs> you know, the, the one thing for me about this match is I so prefer The Miz as a heel. Yeah. I so that. prefer him he as that. He tried to turn him face before and it was awful. The thing, I mean, don't get me wrong, The Miz has the charisma to pull off whatever they tell him to pull off. He's, he's character work. He's top of the, he's, you know, he's top of the card. Um, I'm sure it'll be a good match. I'm sure we'll be talking about it in the sixes, maybe sevens. I don't think it, I think that's probably the ceiling of this match. Um, but yeah, you know, seventeen matches though, guys. Fuck. It's me. a shame out of those seventeen matches we're not getting the dream match of Miz's dad versus Beretta's mum. Yeah, it is a shame that it is a shame. I wonder, I wonder if that is one of the seventeen matches because um, we have still got some to be confirmed. Uh, NXT TakeOver New York then. So the Fatal 4-Way. Apparently, higher-ups were happy with Bianca Belair and didn't side with Sam Roberts and actually think that she is worth the mate. Well, a championship opportunity. To be fair, that performance at that TakeOver was great. She did very well. She did far better than I thought she was going to. Um, I mean, I think we can safely say that Shayna will be heading up to the main roster after Mania. Yeah. Um, She's going to obviously... She's going to have to take uh, Ronda Rousey's place eventually. Well, yeah, especially if the rumours are to be believed that Ronda Rousey is leaving after Mania. Um, do we... 
who do we see taking that? Shirai. I Shirai. see Shirai taking it as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Carrie Saints already so. held it. No, <laughs> Carrie Saints already held it twice. I don't think, you know, for all the things that we've just said about Bianca Bella, I don't think she is ready for the championship yet. Um, Not quite. I mean, thank God they've got rid of that undefeated thing because I hated that about her. I think that sort of tainted my opinion of her. Did you um, not like the clapback? I did not like the clapback at all. <laughs> at all. Um, Do you not? Fuck off, Chris. Um, <laughs> so we've got, obviously, I don't want to spoil who Johnny Gargano will be taking on um, because obviously, you know, there are people who like to not know the NXT taping spoilers. We'll talk about it off air, but that will be a fucking doozy as well. Um, Just having a quick look now at the G1 Supercard and how that's shaping up. We've pretty much got a full card now. Mm. Chris, are you surprised that we're getting a never open weight championship defense? Are we met that at the same time? Fucking good job. <laughs> that is a great... It does sort of confirm fucking Osprey's not winning the New Japan Cup. Thanks there. But because honestly, like with how the New Japan... I'll get into it in a second. With how the New Japan Cup sort of been shaping up, I was halfway expecting an Osprey-Jay White rematch. But yeah, it's shaping up really well. And to be honest, now that um, Villain Enterprises has won the tag titles, I'm more excited for that match. Well... I was speaking to uh, Garth about this. Um, when it was the Briscoes taking on the Gorillas of Destiny, would you have been happy if the Briscoes had taken the IWGP Tag Team Titles? I mean, ultimately, it would have been something different. What you know, what me and you moan about, and it is one of the few things we actually moan about to do with New Japan, is the just how stagnant the tag divisions are. You know, you look at yeah. the junior one, there's three teams. You look at the heavyweight one, there's, what, three teams? Chaos so, doesn't even have a proper team. Chaos doesn't have a proper team. I assume once, um, is it Shane Thorne, the other member of the Mighty Don't Kneel? I assume that yeah. he will be on his way soon, and that will be mm. the proper Chaos team. But would you have been happy to see the Briscoe brothers take the belts just to shake things up a little bit? Maybe. Maybe. I think that would have been somewhat... Interesting. They've held them before, though, and it was much the same division with a couple of exceptions, really. So it'd just sort of be a return more than a massive shake-up. But, you know, it would be something different, which the tag division really needs now. They've lost both the Bucks and the Lovers. Yeah, and something that whenever it gets bought up with New Japan fans, because obviously I wasn't watching at that point, the thing that sort of gets bought up is the fact that the Briscoes are great workers, but aside from that, nothing else. You know, they, oh, will, they were not over in New Japan no, at all. They will leave their soul in the ring. They will give everything, but, uh, you know, nothing else. Mm-hmm. I'm happy with Brody King and PCO. I look forward to that match massively. Um, do you PCO's see. PCO's a fucking beast. He is. Do we see Brody King and PCO taking this? Probably not. Then again, I've been surprised before. I didn't think um, the Gorillas would win off as. Um, Lij. So really, anything can happen. I think they might have one shock change, um, just to, just for the sake of a shock change. But yeah, maybe. Garth, are you? Do you care? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, well, I probably won't be watching it. So uh, if I did watch it, it's going to be a surprise either way for me. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Last thing. Just sitting there. Hey, is that Camacho? <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
So, I think we can safely assume that this Ring of Honor World title ladder match is going to be a damn sight better than the Ring of Honor title match that was in the middle of the fucking card on a rising. Well, yeah, it's not. They've been building up Marty for a while to be the next champion. Either Marty or Taven, I think we will have a change here. Just from what I've been casually observing from Ring of Honor, I think they're ready to take off Lethal. Lethal, wait, could this. This is a very long feud. I think it's uh, not feud. Well, the feud between Lethal and the Kingdom, I guess. But, uh, um, he's been champion for, what, nine months now? He was champion through the last show in August that I went to. So, he... I think it's. I think it's time he, lo- he loses it, to be honest. Because it's weird. He, he's, he's a good champion, but he never feels like the guy. He broke the record for the most title defences at defenses, 39 yeah. on a rising. So it would make sense to take the belt off him now. I see it being Marty Skrull, if I'm perfectly honest. You know, Marty's and then the biggest got... draw. Exactly. They've, they've really tried to make Taven a draw, but it hasn't worked. Most people who go to a ring on a show don't know who he is. Which is weird. Which is weird like, because he is a good he's a good character, but I just I don't get the kingdom. I think TK Ryan was I just don't think he helped himself at all in that match at on a rising. It was an absolutely dog shit match. Um, what's um, Gresham doing now? At the is moment Gresham isn't on the card. Um he oh, he's, not... oh he he got attacked by Silas Young, so I think that'll be a match. Yeah, that'll be alright. Anything with Gresham in'll be good. And I think we can safely assume that he will be in best of the super juniors. Um, I think it's safe to say Gresham is the one part of Ring of Honor we're all invested in. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. And if he's on the card, I will absolutely... Well, I'm going to watch this show anyway. Um, yeah. I don't think I got your opinion, Chris. I can't remember if you were on the podcast when it got announced that the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match is now a triple threat between... No, I was. I, fe- I, I, think, for fr- I think I said bust or not. If not, I'm going to say it now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I busted or not. But that sounds amazing. Well, that's gross. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> We'll start with WWE because there's not a lot of WWE news in truth. Um, starting with WWE Raw from last Monday. Um, Paul Heyman has come out with Shelton Benjamin. That was odd. Um, mm-hmm. Not entirely sure what's happening there, but could we finally be seeing a Shelton Benjamin push? I mean, he's only been back with the company for, what, 18 months? Maybe maybe mm-hmm. he's getting that push that you know he never gets. Um, Finn Balor, he's dropped the IC title now. Yep. Makes sense. Didn't that long, did it? Nope. Back to Bobby Lashley. Um, who cares? Um, unfortunately, I, I just, I, I'm not investing in Bobby Lashley. It's all they fucked about with him too much. Um, I can't see the ass man being IC title for lo- uh, IC champion for long. I have a feeling that Finn Balor will win it back at Mania. Um, then we've got Kurt Angle, obviously making the announcement that he will be retiring. And he's going to have a final sort of farewell tour. Uh, he defeated Apollo Crews on Raw in just over three minutes, which <laughs> was upsetting for Apollo Crews, I imagine. And then the main event, yeah. Drew McIntyre absolutely destroyed Dean Ambrose. That was brilliant. That was really good. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't a bad match at all. And hopefully they're starting to build up Drew and take him away from the poison that is Baron Corbin. And it looks like they obviously must be building up this sort of Injury angle for Ambrose if he is leaving. So it's quite good. I mean, the way he finished that match with his head in that reel and he kicked it off. Can I just ask both of yeah. you for your opinion? The amount of time 
that WWE have spent saying that Dean Ambrose is not signing another new contract. This is w- this is his last fast lane. This is his last six man tag. This is like la- he's signing a new contract, isn't he? He's probably already signed it. Yeah. Do you know who else has signed a new contract? Go on. AJ Styles. I saw that in a tweet today. Yes, he says I've got a new dog, and in other news, I've also signed a contract for two years. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think that's the best. That's probably the best option. Not surprising. Yeah. It's not a high impact style in WWE, so I'm, I'm if, where he makes the most money. Money he had the most leverage in all of wrestling, so I'm glad that he sort of he's put he's getting the most out of it. I've just realised that Garth sent me that tweet four minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just picked up my phone. Um, moving on to SmackDown now, um, we had so some absolutely outstanding matches. Um, we had Rey Mysterio. Getting a pinfall victory over Samoa Joe. Yeah. Um, obviously, non title match. It was a tag match between Rey Mysterio and R Truth and Samoa Joe and Andrade. I assume we're going to get some manner of ladder match or some manner of multi man for the US title. And if we do, be, yeah. and we get Mysterio and Andrade in that, I am absolutely all over that. Yeah. I think that'll be yeah. a great match. So good. I Throw mean, Ali in there. Yeah, I agree. Throw Mustafa Ali in there. Maybe Kevin Owens. Yeah, because Kevin I mean, Owens doesn't that, like he's doing anything. The match, the match on SmackDown was good. The way sort of Samoa Joe sold the loss was um, like he was so pissed off because it was, was a roll up, and then that the promo that he cut at the end was such a good promo. Je- Samoa Joe's just an absolutely amazing human being, and I just want him to be WWE champion. Just give him the yeah. belt already. Um, and then give we him had, what he wants. Give him what he wants. Oh, that is something we should talk about, but I have deliberately left that. Um, and then Daniel Bryan and Rowan defeated Kevin Owens and Mustafa Ali. Now, we've got just one, basically one thing heading into this week's SmackDown, and that is that Vince McMahon has come out and said that if Kofi wants to be in the main event of WrestleMania, which it won't be because the Universal Championship match will be the main event, but... If he wants to go for the WWE Championship, then he's fine with that. And everyone went, mm-hmm. <laughs> but? <laughs> but he has got to get through a gauntlet of six <laughs> men. And literally, they've picked the hardest motherfuckers for Kofi Kingston to get through. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, So, he's got to get through, am I right now? Uh, Randy Orton, uh, Samoa Joe... Um, Kevin Owens, I believe. I can't remember who was on it. I had it written down, now I can't find it. <laughs> but it's six of the biggest names in SmackDown. Samoa Joe is on there. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Now, it made me laugh that we'd got... Um, here we go. He's got to get through Randy Orton, Samoa Joe, Sheamus, Cesaro, and Rowan. <laughs> Easy. Just Rowan. <laughs> Just yeah, Rowan. I love what they're doing with Kofi Kingston. It's it's yep. perfect storytelling. Keep him it's basically let's cut and Daniel paste the, Yeah, let's just cut and paste the Daniel Bryan storyline and insert um Kofi Kingston into it. Now, what they've got to do is here, they've got to have Kofi win the title. They can't have him almost win the title again. Mania is that moment. Mania is that payoff. Yeah. Now it amazes me that we've made this star so fast. It, it baffling, considering that we didn't have this star 
before Elimination Chamber. And we've now got to a point where Kofi is the most over thing in the company. It's <laughs> mental. Absolutely mental. And to be fair, we moaned so much about WWE creative. And when Mustafa Ali, who was who was over himself, you know, when he got taken out with the injury, and we were like, oh, fuck's sake, what's going to happen now? And they've just replaced him. And what they've done with Kofi has been absolutely brilliant. And the fact that you've got people on Twitter going, I can't believe Vince has done this to Kofi. It's like, this is great. <laughs> the, the, the fact, I think, I think the thing that uh, Kofi's got that Mustafa Ali hasn't is time mm-hmm. and investment from the fans. The fans you have watched that? Kofi go through this whole transition. You see that every time he almost like when he did the money in the bank and he almost wins it, the crowd pops. He's always been yeah. over. It's just we've been conditioned not to believe um, he can do it. It's weird because like on one side you have Kofi Kingston making people forget that wrestling is real, um, <laughs> it um, isn't real, and then maybe the other side you have um, Ronda Rousey going, "No, it isn't real." Not <laughs> believing in Kofi. Looking back at Raw. Um, the big announcement that came came out of this week, aside from obviously the title change, was that Batista and Triple H had their face off. They both got very, very manly, very, very quickly. Got very angry, started shouting at each other. Um, with Batista, give me what I want. Um, several, <laughs> several times, and this led to a no holds barred match being sort of sanctioned for Wrestlemania. I love this. This was absolutely brilliant. And I know Batista isn't going to win. Batista won't win because um, Triple H is now he lost at 32, he lost at 33, and he lost at 34. He's and not going to lose and at 30. He's not going to lose at... Did he lose at 31? Oh no, Sting was 31, wasn't he? He hasn't won yeah. since Wrestlemania 31. He's and, not uh... losing here. And Triple H is going in as babyface this time as well. That's true. That's true. And you can tell he was coming in in babyface because he was wearing a leather jacket. Yeah. And also he had the best line of the whole week calling fucking Batista's guards the guardians of the independency. <laughs> yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, I wonder if he'll have uh, Rick Flowers in his corner. It'll certainly yeah. be interesting. It'll certainly be interesting. Whether they get Randy Orton out as well. I think, mm. I think Melina should be in Batista's corner. I think she's already been in his corner. That was the problem, wasn't it? Well, hey. Hey. Um, so, moving away from WWE now, because obviously there isn't a pay-per-view till WrestleMania, thank God. Um, we have, however, good grief, we have got to the quarter-final stages of the New Japan Cup. So we're now past the second round, and we have our final 16. Sorry, our final eight, even. So, Chris, I'll go through the matches... The results, sorry, I should say. And then if you just want to give a little bit of a rundown of these matches, because I unfortunately haven't had time to watch them all. I've watched some of them, um, but I haven't watched them all. I believe you've watched most of them, am I right? I've watched, I basically, I finished uni work today. I was like, oh, I have like two hours to have to talk to Simon Miller. I would just watch all of new, <laughs> the New Japan stuff. Okay, yeah. right. So with the first match we had was Chase Owens losing to Yoshihashi at 14 minutes and 10 seconds with Karma. Now, I watched this match as well. What did you think, Chris? The epitome of fine. Like, if you had to, if you had to like, um, define fine in a 16-minute video, it would be this match. There was nothing spectacular in this match at all. And no. unfortunately, this is the problem I have with Yoshihashi. He has the... 
he has the opportunity to have these great matches. Yes, not with Nakanishi. There's nothing you can do with Nakanishi. But with Chase Owens, who's a competent worker, more than competent, in fact, and he has an okay match, it was such a slow start. And to be perfectly honest, in this match, I was vying for Chase Owens. I was vying for Chase Owens. I'm like, this is probably spectacularly more interesting, but yeah. Like, fine. He's, he's not winning the next round anyway, so... No, that's true. Are we calling it four stars? I'd give it... Like, it's fascinating. I wasn't bored. I was just sort of passively watching it. Like, I wasn't thinking... Like, if it was a four, I'd be thinking, oh, I'm going to go back... I should go back to uni work. But no, it was... I'd give it a five. There was no boxes. Nothing wrong with it. There's nothing right with it. Okay. All right. I'll 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 concede to that. I'll concede to that. Now, the main event of that night uh, was uh, Tomohiro Ishii defeating Taichi at 22 minutes and 55 seconds with a brain buster. Now, this... It hurts me to say this. this I'm looking fu- forward to this. This was a fucking enjoyable match. I know, what a match. Like, that's been the perfect 10 minutes was a Taichi match, but that built up the heat. So when um, it went into, like, the strong style, it was sort of like a Misawa versus... Um, or Kibashi versus Kawada thing, with, like, the kicks versus the lariats and... It, when it went into that sort of thing, you were more hyped for it because you hate because you hated Tai Chi because of this magnificent heel work at the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the fact that he was outside the ring for so much of it, and it was Ishii in there. You know, it, it's mm. not the same if it's someone that's not as fucking terrifying as Ishii is. You know, you. The last wa- thing when he did it with Homner, it wasn't as exactly. Big a deal. You do it with Ishii, and Ishii's just sitting there in the middle of the ring waiting for Tai Chi to come in. And then he does mm. come in, and Ishii beats seven shades of piss out of him. It was brilliant. This was a really, really, really enjoyable match. And I mm. never thought I'd say this, but I've given it eight stars. Oh, no, I'm giving this a night as well. Great stuff. Although Taichi needs the claw. Like, I thought he'd bring out the claw, and that would make him win. But no, he just keeps teasing it, and it keeps costing him matches. <laughs> Do you think the right person went over? I know you've got a love of Taichi, and I've got a love of Ishii. Ultimately, Ishii's a bigger draw, so yes, but to be honest, the fucking pop uh, that would have happened if Taichi won. I'm honestly asking this match, I think he deserved another round. I'll be perfectly honest, he's in severe danger of becoming a (laughs) babyface. Oh, Taichi, well, to be fair, he was getting getting let's go Taichi chants. Which were drowning out the go home Taichi chants. Yeah. (laughs) So. Because, you know why? Because Taichi is. Low-key, the best worker in New Japan world wrestling. Next, we had Will Ospreay <laughs> uh, defeating Lance Archer at 18 minutes and 8 seconds with a storm break. And now, aside from the fact that Will Ospreay has managed to get Lance fucking Archer up for a storm breaker, this was my sleeper of the round. I expected, Ooh. and this was probably unfair of me, I expected very, very little from this match. And, you know, that's more for me. I think I underestimate Lance Archer as a singles competitor. Um, probably not helped by the fact that he had Toa and Are in the first round. This was a really, really enjoyable match. This was a really good match. This was really good. It did follow a very similar structure to the Fale match, but Archer can move. So yeah. it was it was, it was, was pretty good. Like I, I, what, You were bored when Archer was in control, though. That was my thing. Like, when Archer was in control, it was slow, it was plodding, and sort of Archer isn't intimidating enough to make that work. See, I disagree. I think he is intimidating, and I think he does make it work. I think there were definitely parts of the match that dragged, absolutely. Um, you know, especially when, you know, you've just got 
Archer working the back of Osprey again. And, you know, in that respect, it was very similar to the Farley match. But I think the fact that Archer is a far more competent worker. I mean, for God's sake, can you imagine Osprey trying to do a one man's, uh, sorry, a Spanish fly on Bad Luck Farley? Yeah, exactly. No, that's my thing. We want, it was um, the same as the Farley match in respect of the big versus small man. And when the big man was in control, it wasn't quite good. But also the fact that Lance Archer is nimble enough to sell Osprey's offense. So I'm, I'm fine with this match. I'm not as high on it as you are, but I think it's a good match. I think seven stars, personally. I I have six, but you know I won't. Add, you concede the number chase, so I concede a miss. Yeah, I think I think that's fair because I think it was the surprise of. It was just... definitely the surprise of it. It was definitely the surprise of the thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now I didn't watch this match, uh, so this is all on you, Mikey Nichols. I did. Uh, sorry, Kazuchika Okada defeated Mikey Nichols. At 17 minutes and 25 seconds with a Rainmaker. Half this match was a fucking headlock. <laughs> like, really? it was it was absolutely ridiculous. Like, Miller had him in, I'm just going to call him Miller, um, had him in the headlock for the longest time. And then he got out the headlock. It was like, haha, finally a match is going to start. No, Okada puts him in a fucking headlock. And it was just like that the whole way around. And, like, Miller was, like, putting him in... Um, in submission throughout the whole match and like he's not Zack Sabre Jr. He cannot make that shit interesting. So I was pretty pretty bored throughout this. Um Big Mikey isn't doing too great so far in his new Japan run. Who did he even have in the first round? I don't think there was anyone he could do anything good against. But... Okay, fair enough. But yeah, <laughs> like he didn't he didn't really impress here. And also the fact that there was no chance he was gonna win this. Like at some point he did a big ending and like he's a very small guy. He can't pull off a big ending. Big E can't so, pull the big ending. Yeah, but here's the thing. At least with Big E, you sort of imagine his shoulders feel like rocks anyway. So that can, in some sort of weird kayfabe way, it could kind of work. But like with, my, with Mikey, it's just sort of like, no, dude, you're going to destroy your shoulder. So it was like fine. It was like you, you could use Okada so much better. Star rating? Five. Five stars. Wow. I'm going to take your word for it because I haven't managed to watch it yet. I am going to catch up, hopefully, on the matches that I've missed tonight, but we'll see. Now, Chris, this brings us to Hiroshi Tanahashi defeating Taguchi at 17 minutes and 17 seconds with a dragon suplex. Again, I've not seen any of these. Your opinion of this match? Obviously, this was a this was a dead cert. There was no way yeah. we were getting a shock here. Yeah, absolutely. But you know what? It was fun. It was fun enough. It was it was a Taguchi match. Um, it's probably the second best Taguchi match you're gonna get this year. Um, because Tanner was rather giving. Like he did sell a lot of Taguchi's offense, especially Taguchi's drop kicks. But um, the fact that Tanner didn't even finish him with a high flow flow sort of shows that Tanner's sort of back to his old ways when it comes to not selling for juniors or not being too giving to juniors. It it was still fine. Like there were some points where you halfway filled yourself into. Taguchi winning, but nah. It, it, like, it was a good exhibition. I'd give it a seven. A seven? Wow. Okay. <laughs> Taguchi. To, to be honest, the, the, the fact that it came right after Miller and Okada, in terms of me watching it, sort of helped it. Okay. <laughs> I'll say that. All right, it's it's probably more a six, but like the fact that it came after that fucking Randy Orton match, it, it was much better. Okay. We then moved on to the match that Chris spaffed all oh over <laughs> the WhatsApp chat for, 
Um, we oh had God. Zack Sabre Jr. defeating Kota Ibushi at 16 minutes and 7 seconds with orienteering with Napalm Death. Um, a, greatest finishing move name ever. Um, second, just before you go into your massive spiel about how this is a 10-star match, um, can I quickly ask, with Ibushi going out in the second round, um, he was many people's favourites to make at least the semi-finals, do you think with his victory over Naito, we are going to see Ibushi versus Naito for the Intercontinental Championship at the Madison Square Garden show? I'm not sure about MSG. I think they might save it for Dominion. But yeah, we'll definitely get it down the line. And do you think Ibushi takes it? I'm, I'm far beyond. Is we, we need to see how the story goes. I think like it Naito. I think he may want to give him a good run of the belt. So maybe. I who knows? You can't tell when you Japan half the time. Like you, we look at any predictions we've ever given. They've all been wildly different and oftentimes wildly off. True story. Okay. Anyway, so this match. <laughs> oh my god, there was no real high spots in this match. I'd say that right now, but it didn't have to be. It was a technical masterclass from both men. Just the way Saber moves is fascinating. It's like watching a snake with legs and just like an ankle lock into a German. Like it was got going for an ankle lock. Kota gets out, goes for a German, but Kota flips over. It. Oh my god, so good. And then like. So many counters, I can't even call them, but it was like a Kamigoye went into the orienteering with Napalm Death, and I was like at the edge of my seat, like, oh my god, come on, come on, Zach, I actually wanted Zach to win, and he did, and it was amazing. It's the best match we still have had, 10 out of 10, yes. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so then we get to the matches that were yesterday, I believe. Um, we had Colt Cabana defeating Tori Yano at 7 minutes and 7 seconds, the shortest match of the second round, with Superman. Um, now, what the actual fuck? This was amazing. I loved it. Well, you're wrong. No, but here's the thing, though. It was a breath of fresh air. We had all, like, the attempt, either strong style classics or attempted strong style classics. So this is a little breath of fresh air, a little bit of levity. We all need a bit of levity. It was fun. It was good for what it was. Not every match needs to be a classic. Anything else? Can, can, the, I'll take you through some of these spots. Um, there was, um, he get at the start of the match, patting down. The referee didn't spot three bits of tape there. Um, Coke Cabana pulled out of Yano's tights. That was quite funny. And then throws the tape into the crowd. Cabana gets rolled up. Um, then um, Yano gifted some curry to Colt Cabana. And then Cabana threw it into the crowd. And then Yano like, no! And while Yano was going, no, Yano got rolled up. That was fun. And then Yano ran out into the crowd because he'll get his contracts um, cancelled with the curry if he loses any of the curry. So he went out into the crowd to get the curry. <laughs> so it was great. And then um, there was a bit where, like, um, Yano kept trying to get to Cabana, but Cabana kept rolling out the ring. So he was, like, chasing Cabana throughout the ring. That was fun. And then Cabana taped up the one of the aprons so, so that um, Yano couldn't get it off, which was great. <laughs> and, like, and then the first wrestling move of the match happened where Cabana hit a head scissors. But, yeah, it was just a fun comedy match like it went no longer than it had to and it was just super fun like objectively like a six out of ten so above average you'll remember 
things in this match better than any boxing type thing. But in my heart, I'd give it a nine. You do realize I'm not giving it a nine, don't you? I know. Give it, give it the six. Okay. But... Now I'm trusting you with this. If I watch this match and it's like a three, I'm gonna slap you. But, but I no, that's the thing. We have very different tastes in wrestling. No, that's I disagree because the tag match with these two was very entertaining, and we both said it was entertaining. So I'm hoping. Yeah. That this is along those lines. But the thing is, I did give away a lot of the big spots. So you, it's sort of like watching a comedy after someone gave you the biggest joke. So, okay, well we'll see. Um, and then we come to now. This is baffling to me. Um, Sonada defeating Suzuki at twenty-eight mm. minutes and forty-five seconds with a rounding like this, body press. This was objectively good, but my problem was my eyes were glazed over. Like I'd already watched so much wrestling in a short span of time, like so much important wrestling now in a short span of time. And the fact that this was so long, so like we had to make it long because you know Kota Diana didn't go. Long, they had to make the fans in attendance feel like they got their money's worth and all that, but yeah, just my eyes were glazed over. Like, just but just because of that, there um, was the last match they had. I forget what the show was. Um, uh, new beginning and a new, new beginning. beginning yeah, that was much better. But yeah, this was this was this is probably about as good. It just went a bit too long. My eyes were a bit glazed over. I mean, 28 minutes, yeah. Like that—that's about as long as an Okada title defense, and it, it wasn't that quality. Like these two don't have the best. Actually, Suzuki doesn't have much chemistry with most people in Lij. No, and I've I've noticed that actually quite recently, and I don't know whether he's just at the point in the year he seems to go through a point every year where he just can't be asked. And I'm mm-hmm. I'm wondering if it's just this moment, you know, I'm not going over. Fuck this. Um. So I don't know. We'll uh, we'll see. Um, there are some interesting quarterfinals coming up, and I'll go through the quarterfinals in a moment and what days they're on. Um, what would you give this, Chris? I think if I wasn't so tired when I watched it, I'd give it a seven, but I'd give it a six. A six stars. Okay, that's fair enough. So, obviously, those are all done now. Uh, we have the second round done, so the quarterfinals have now been set up. Um, Sonada will now face Colt Cabana in the quarterfinals on Thursday, March 21st. Uh, going backwards, on the Wednesday show, Wednesday, March 20th, we'll be having Kazuchika Okada taking on Will Ospreay and Tomohiro Ishii versus Yoshihashi. If Yoshihashi is going to have a decent match, it's going to be with Ishii. Um, then the winner of those matches will advance to face each other in the semifinals. We've then got Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Zack Sabre Jr. And Sonada and Colt Cabana taking place on Thursday. And again, those two will fight in the semi-final, the winner of those two matches. At the moment, I mean, can it be anyone else apart from Okada? Yeah, maybe. They might do Tano again. Maybe. I don't want it to be Tano again. I, would I rather... really don't want it to be Tano okay, again. No, to be honest, I would have said Osprey the Dark Horse if fucking Ring of Honor could keep, it, keep their lid on it. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. Um, question: Do we see Yoshihashi going over Ishii here? <laughs> May, who would who who would that winner of what would that winner be facing? They would take on the winner of Okada and Osprey. Maybe to save an Ishii Okada match for the G one. Maybe, but yeah. no. I mean, I'm, I'm the the two semi-finals that instantly jump out are tan. Sorry, two quarterfinals are obviously Tanahashi and Zack Saber Junior. and Okada mm-hmm. and Osprey. They are going to be the some SJ versus Tana. 
is always great. Yeah. Uh, has that even happened? That hasn't happened since last year's New Japan Cup. Were they in the same block for the G1? No. Then, no, it doesn't. Uh, no. So, there you go. I'm looking forward to that. They always put on a great match. Yeah, absolutely. Zack Sabre Jr. is fantastic. And I'm glad they're building him strong after last year as well. Um, I was worried, that obviously, with his running, he'll be you know, out in one of the first rounds. So it's good to see him in the quarterfinals, but I think he will. I do think he'll fall to Tanahashi, and I think we're probably going to see a Tanahashi Okada final um, with Okada going over to face Jay White at MSG. But Honestly, thank you I'd very rather much, have Chris. A, Sorry, say again. I'd rather have a, I'd rather have Sabre versus Okada in the final, to be honest. I don't think you lose anything by having that. We haven't seen that since Sakura Genesis, so that could potentially nope. happen. Um I mean, if I'm being really, really pedantic, I'd love to see a Zack Sabre Jr. Tomohiro Ishii match with the time they didn't get at Wrestle Kingdom. Well, that's not going to happen, is it, sir? Um, but thank you for that, Chris. Thank you for watching the wrestling that I haven't had a chance to watch yet. Speaking of wrestling that I haven't had a chance to watch yet, it's time for our Impact review with Garthy <laughs> Too Hotty. Oh, Jesus. Grandmaster Garthy. Let's... What are you? Are you taking my gimmick of random insertions and giving it to Gar? Bullshit. <laughs> gimmick infringement. Exactly. So on the on the same podcast. Exactly. So Garth, what yeah. is going on in the world of Impact, my friend? Um, I mean, other than the main event picture, not a great deal. Um, we had. I mean, we did have some sort of a big, big sort of reveal at the end, which was excellent. I'd managed to avoid the spoilers by the time I watched it, so that's good. But I mean, it. it, it, it I mean, it was a decent show again. Um, nothing really to complain about. Uh, was started off with um, for like a random reason, Sammy Callahan and um, OVE against Rich Swan, Willie Mack, and Tommy Dreamer. Nice. Why they keep bringing out Tommy Dreamer, I do not know. Um, <laughs> It was just we do moan about him all the time. I mean, to be fair, he was there for comic relief, and they they played on it all the way through the the commentary. They they just ripped the piss out of him basically, and he ripped the piss out of himself. He kept trying to do the stuff that the other guys were doing, so they all did moves off the top rope. So he climbed up on the top rope, then got down on the middle rope, then he went down to the bottom rope, <laughs> and then did an axe handle off the middle rope. <laughs> Hold on, they celebrated Red Nose there on Impact. Hey, I was waiting for that. <laughs> Um, and then they, they did like a uh, Willie and um, Rich Swan did like a double kip up, and then Tommy Dreamer tried to do it, <laughs> and they just had to help him up. Nice. So they all ripping um, the piss out of him. At least they're not taking right, him totally, serious. Yeah. But other than that, it was just sort of it was just like an exhibition match. Really, it was more so sort of OV trying to say, "Look, come on, Rich Swan. If if you're not going to join us, then we're going to beat you down," sort of thing. Um, there, there was one part of it though it was absolutely disgusting where Sammy Callahan, you know how he sort of spits on his hand? Yeah. Well, he got this really big grim and just put it in Tommy Dream's face. Oh. That's Honestly, gross. Um, and then Tommy Dream picked it off and licked it. Oh. So, yeah. But, um, what the fuck? I know. Were you watching that thinking, please no one walk in, please no one walk in? Yeah, it was, it was definitely one of those. Uh, um, but it, it was all right. Um, Sammy Callahan got the win. Um, decent match. I, I gave it six out of ten just for the the comedy with Dreamer. It was all right. Um, and Rich Swan and Willie Mack are entertaining anyway. 
Um, then we had sort of a set up for the end of the, the night with um, Johnny Impact backstage with his neck brace on, playing that up, um, looking all sorry for himself. But he promised Brian Cage a championship match, and Brian Cage was cashing in. So Brian Cage basically came backstage to say, you better be ready for tonight. <laughs> like, no remorse whatsoever. And Johnny Impact just says, well, you better be ready. <laughs> In the most wooden way possible. Oh, I'm so scared of you, Johnny Impact. Yeah. And then uh, we actually had a good Rascal skit as well. Wow. Do you know why it was so, you know it was so good? Because it wasn't... Oh, did they get rid of the candle after? No, because Moose was in it. Oh, <laughs> if Moose was in it. Moose makes it was, everything it's, better. It's, it's, it's worth watching, just if you find it. It's um, Basically, they're all just sat there, high, fake high. Um, and then they said, oh, the reason we didn't beat the Lucha Brothers is because we didn't wear the masks. Um, and then it just says, uh, they sort of sat there and just hear, uh, Moose, what are you doing here? And he just says, oh, you guys are really funny. I, I, sort, of, I sort of come and sit with him. And he's like, where are all the girls? <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, what about that girl, Melissa? And they're like, oh. he's like, you know, that girl from last week. And then they start taking the piss out of saying, oh, yeah, she did she turn some guy down? And he's like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just beats the shit out of them all. Nice. And sits down and goes, he's he mint. Beats the, he beats the shit out of them and then he sits down and he goes, you guys are so funny. <laughs> Honestly, everything that he is in is absolutely gold at the minute. Absolutely. And then we had an absolutely pointless throwaway bit with Glenn Gilberti versus Kikataro. Um, it was shit. Um, but uh, he got he got the win. Uh, Glenn Gilbert, he got the win. Stupid. Um, is that is that your genuine review of it? It was it was just pointless. It was like a classic. <laughs> it was like a four or ten, and that was mainly because uh, Don Callis said this match is going to put the wrestling business back thirty years. <laughs> <laughs> He's not wrong. Um, then we had Reno Scumbag on against Falabar and KM. Decent tag match. Um, I do actually like that Reno Scum. Got a bit of something different about them. Yeah. Quite sort of nasty and uh, quite unorthodox. Um, but again, they lost <laughs> against Fallon Park. Yeah. What? Oh, There's a, there, was, there must be setting something up here. Did KM at least get the win? Well, KM was taken out. Uh, sorry, Fallon Park was taken out the match with a pretty brutal sort of bash, like throw into the, the, the ring steps. But, I mean, KM just got his arse handed to him for it, and then Falabar came in and got the win. Oh, we should at least give KM a win. Falabar's going nowhere. There must be setting something You up. leave that man alone. <laughs> um, then we have, we had another skit with, with skit, another part with Conan telling the Lucha Brothers, you better have the, um, I'm telling you I want a title shot for LAX, and they're like, no, no, no. So Conan gets all angry, says, right, well, we're going to take it. And then it cuts to LEX where they're saying, right, we're going to war with the Lucha Brothers, so we're going to see that again. Oh, shit, another child's going to die, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, shit, we've got to sit, sit through another five-star match. Oh, God, that's not fair. Um, and then we got probably the only decent match of the night, uh, Tessa Blanchard versus Jordan Grace. And it really, really was a good match. It's worth checking out. Hold on, they gave Jordan Grace an actual match and she did well. What a fucking shot. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, straight off the bat, they, they go for it and Grace hits her with a jackhammer. <laughs> That's a mate. What, straight out? Well, 
pretty much the first move she does, she just picks Tess up and just gives her a jackhammer. Outstanding. Um, and then Tess keeps using the referee as like a shield, which is quite good. Um, but honestly, Tessa is fucking stiff as fuck. <laughs> She's really, really hammering home to, to Jordan Grace. Um, and then, um, sort of, the best move of the night was uh, Tessa has Jordan Grace in the in the corner with her arms draped over the top ropes and her legs through the bottom. So she's sort of hanging there and then hits a cold break on it. But there's no mm. way for her to protect herself. So it was looked quite brutal. It was Jesus. good. Um, but then Jordan Grace hits her with a mission not driver. <laughs> she's pulling out all these like big, big moves. Um, and then she gets the Grace driver for the win. It was really good. Um, Tess just kept playing up the whole going for the referee every Saying you, you've got it in for me. You've got it in for me. This is, this is sort of, sort of built up against me. Um, and Tessa has like an absolute meltdown in the ring because she's lost and she grabs the, uh, like the sort of bellboy, and beats the shit out of him in the ring. Catacomb. This like proper like skinny little like bell guy and just kicks the shit out of him. And then of all the people, Gail Kim comes running down for the save. Now I have a question. So, yeah. Is this whole Tessa Blanchard going after the referee thing? Is that not? I don't know. Getting a bit old now, maybe. Yeah. It's. It look. It's. It's obviously a way of getting, having a reason for Gail Kim to come in, but it just seems really forced. I hate. Obviously, it. it's written. Oh, Gail Kim, but, just fuck off. But it's, uh, I mean, it's all right. I don't mind it, but. Yeah, and then it goes back to them and Tessa's kicking off backstage and Scott Demore just turns around and following the fact that Tessa Blanchard's beat the shit out of this ring guy and he's, she's done it at the refs in the past, he turns out to um, Gail Kim and says, you're suspended because you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> All right, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough then. Um, and they suspended someone they haven't signed. Yep. Is it about sort of like um, you getting into a fight with someone from the other skill and the guy from the other skill gets excluded from your skill? Pretty much something like that. Yes, um, I suppose it is. But, but, so she's suspended, so she'll return up next week. Um, and then we, we had the Global Wrestling Network moment of the week. Because we can't not have that. It's another WrestleCon uh, 18 match. It was um, Brian Case versus Eli Drake and it was actually a decent match. Um, was that the, the Lucha Underground one again? Because if so, I thought that. Yeah, it was. I it was, it was really good. Um, it was it showcased what Eli Drake can actually do when he's given a decent amount of time. I do love how you report on the GWN moment of the week every. Yeah, it's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Normally, I skip through, but I thought this would be a good one. It was alright. Um, and then we had a fucking pointless bit with Ali and Rosemary. Literally, it was pointless. Just. The screen flashed a few times, and Rosemary said, "Where's Bunny?" <laughs> yep, where's Bunny? Uh, I know it's crazy. And then um, OV apparently set themselves up a match for the X Division next week. Um, Sammy Callan with the British one. <laughs> take How that. It works now. I'll take yep. that. Uh, and then your favourite Rob Desi Shit Squad. Oh fuck's sake! Came out and had a match with Eli and Eddie. Um, did anyone it was care? All right. It was alright, but I'll tell you who did care. Fucking Raj at the end of the match after the chops from uh, Eddie Edwards' chest was busted open. Really? Eddie Edwards yeah. went to town on him? Oh, I, 
I mean, he didn't really hit him with that many, but the ones he hit him with were brutal. Yeah. And um, it, it opened him up. Yeah, his chest was absolutely beat, and it was cut as well. Um, and then Eli gave Eddie Edwards the Kendall stick, and he hit for a heat with it for the win. Um, it was it was all right match, but hang on, I thought most... I thought who's it? I thought um, Eli Drake's whole thing was he doesn't like hardcore. It, it was, but every match he keeps bringing the Kendall stick down and giving it to Kenny. I don't uh, understand, Eddie. I don't oh. understand. I, I don't. I don't like drugs. Pass me that split. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was. It was annoying. Much again. It was more sort of, sort of solidifying the team of Eli and Eddie. Um, but then we had, sort of final match of the week, and there hadn't been any killer killer cross in this match. So in this episode at all. So I thought, nah, is he going to show up on this one? And um, lo and behold, he did. Johnny Impact's music plays. Nobody comes down to the ring. Then Killer Cross comes down, carrying him, carrying a sort of knocked out Johnny Impact down to the ring, holding a cinder block. And it's like, oh, all right, okay, shit's getting real. Um, puts Johnny in the ring, puts the cinder block next to his head. Security guards, well, you call them security guards. These guys come down to the ring, and Cross just takes them all out easily. Um, then sort of. Tyre and Brian Cage come down to the ra- the ro- uh, the the stage. Brian Cage just standing there, sort of smiling, like as if sort of he's like, "I'm not going to help Johnny. I'm going to let him get his head smashed in." So <laughs> so Tyre runs down. She covers Johnny to try and save him. So Killer Cross picks a chair up. He's <laughs> just about leather um Tyre across the back with it because <laughs> um, he's a fucking cycle. So then uh, Cage comes in, takes out Killer Cross. Um, Tyre gives Cage a big hug, and then low blows him. And wow. honestly, it was it was a shock, and the crowd were genuinely you could hear like the like the sort of gasp. Um, and then Johnny Cage does a, does like a kip up, and you're like, yes, this is so this is a good heel turn. You say um, you say the gas, but he shows not just the gas every man makes when we see another man get kicked in the balls. Oh yeah, there's that as well, but it was just the turn, and then obviously he does the sort of kip up, rips off the neck brace, and does the um, moonlight drive, um, and then puts the block on um, Cage's head and smashes that with a chair. Um, and they walk out the ring, and Killer Cross is just standing there, laughing, Love manically it. crazy, um, and then it ended. But with um, Johnny Impact at the top of the rope, just, uh, at the top of the ring, just sort of smiling and nodding so i knew it i called it you did call it all that time ago you called it well done yeah um or maybe it was just a shit promo but yeah i, I mean that, you can't be a that, face with this shit promo game can nah. you really but that topped off like an all right show but that really did sort of push it i would give it a sort of seven maybe but that was more in part with the, the tesla match and that ending segment but it was really good yeah. Worth, worth checking that, that segment out at the end. So, all in all, basically, check out that segment and the, the number match. one contenders match between Tessa and Jordan Grace. Yeah, that's it. Right. Okay, there you go, ladies and gentlemen, from the horse's mouth. Um, So, thank you very much for that, Garth. Thank you for, again, watching wrestling that I haven't got time to watch. Uh, <laughs> 
We'll talk now briefly about our matches of the week. So, I mean, I'd be very, very surprised if I didn't know Chris's. Um, but Chris, go on. Is Yano? No, it's um, it's of course Ishi Ibushi versus um, Zack Sabre Jr. I honestly thought with how the New Japan Cup had turned out that the best match of this week would be Taichi versus um, Ishii, but no, it's Ibushi versus Sabre because like, it, it, it's just perfect and very close to being my match of the year. Oh, wow. Okay, fair enough. That's going to be interesting come re- uh, awards season. Um, Garth, what's yours? I'm going to go with uh, Drew versus um, Dean Ambrose because I really enjoyed it. Yeah, enjoyed you, the end of it as well. You did, you did, you did uh, talk about it a bit when I was going through it in the uh, in the recap. What did you like about it? Was it the fact that we finally have him being a bit of a badass? Yeah, and you actually, we actually got to see him sort of portraying a character properly, not just as a sort of sort of muscle man or bodyguard. He actually sort of got to do some wrestling. Dean sold like a motherfucker, um, which is he always does, and that. Like I say, that ending sort of sequence where he put his head in the reel and then kicked it off was just really, really well done. Enjoyed it. Yeah, fair enough. Now, I'm going to cheat entirely now Mm. um, because I only watched the match between Jushin Thunder Liger and um, Taiji Shimori this week. So... I'm going to class that as my match of the week because otherwise it would have been Ishii versus Taichi and I just can't have that. I oh, just bastard! I cannot have Taichi be my match of the week. I just can't. So but I'm sorry. But you really enjoyed the match. I enjoyed the match. I you also... should be happy to be wrong. I'm, I didn't say I was wrong. I've been proved wrong before anyway during the Power Struggle uh, show when Taichi and Osprey put on a decent match. Um, I think... I don't know, this match, considering Liger is 54 and unlike a lot of the dads in New Japan, this man is still playing on absolute fucking wrestling clinics. Speaking, speaking of Liger, um, you can expect to list them back. Right? Yep. Please check out the website. Chris will be doing a list of top 10 Jushin Thunder Liger matches. Tell him that he's wrong at at Candy Chris ninety seven or whatever his stupid <laughs> shitty Twitter handle oh, is. Thing, there's a ten man match in there where Liger both slows down time and suplexes nine men, some of which are future world champions with his ass. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I sent you a link, didn't I? It's so I'll send you a link after we done That's so good. Please do. I look forward to it. Um, but yeah, the fact that you know Ishimori, the quickest man in New Japan. I think it's safe to say the man is unbelievably talented, and the fact that Liger, you know, he was he was you know aside from his age, he was with him every step of the way, and that was just absolutely ridiculous for a man his age to do that. For a man of his age to be able to perform what he was doing, to do it so crisply, the man is a hero. And you know, we talked about his retirement last week, and I think it's good that he's going out on his terms, not you know looking at him and going. Dude, you need to retire. Yeah, and, and you know, I he's don't not want to, a Tenzan. He's not a Tenzan, and you know, especially in the Kurt last Angle. couple of weeks, Kurt Angle. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, I, d- I don't want him to be like that, and I think Liger's done the right thing here, and hopefully, it's kind of like he's retired. Kind of like, 
kind of like Sting. He still had enough in the tank to pull out a decent match, but he said, nah, that's enough. And the yeah. fact that he was retired by Triple H. True, true, true. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, we promised to keep it under an hour, and we've been going an hour and two minutes. So, <sighs> Damn it. I mean, it's no two hours. Um, it's been a slightly slower week, I think, in the world of wrestling. Um, but thank you very much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Couple of housekeeping notices. As Chris mentioned earlier, he will be producing a list of top 10 Jushin Thunder Liger matches in lieu of the Legend Retirement. Please check that out on the website. We will put that on Facebook and on Twitter when that comes out. We've also recorded our first ever interview as a podcast, which is very, very mm. exciting. Do we do we tell people who it is? I mean, Chris I already... think I said who it was earlier in this podcast, unless you just bleep over me again. I'm not going to bleep over you. I've, that took a <laughs> lot of time. So basically, Simon Miller from What Culture and from Defiant Wrestling stopped in for a very quick chat about all things wrestling. We tested him on some wrestling knowledge. He did very, very well. So please, that will be up soon. Please check that out as well. It's really good interview. Very, very humble man. Lovely bloke. Um, genuinely, he's as nice as he seems. Um, so please check that out. In the meantime, you can check us out on Facebook, on Twitter at, at @podmania, uh, YouTube and Instagram at, at @realpodmania. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us five star reviews on all podcast platforms, whether it be iTunes. Uh, whether it be Google Play, whether it be Podbean, whether it be Podcast Addict, whether it be Castbox, you can find us at all those places. In the meantime, if you want to talk to us on Twitter, you can find me at, at Real Rob Goodwin. Garth, where can they find you? At Drummer Jackson. And where can they find you, Candy Chris? At uh, Candy Chris 97, at least for another few days until Rob bullies me into changing it. Dude, you're changing it. I don't give a shit if it's cyberbullying, you're changing it. It's bu- <laughs> and you tight it. Yeah. Taichi, lover, 97. It, it can no, be- that was already taken. <laughs> really? Yeah. And on that bombshell, thank you for listening, guys. Good night. You've been listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Podmania, Facebook at Podmania Podcasts, and YouTube and Instagram at Real Podmania. And check out the website, podmania.co.uk. Until next time, wrestling fans.